You are listening to the Anxiety Wad Podcast. And once I realized that I was in charge of my future by hacking into my habitual thinking, it changed the game for me. And what we try to do, you know, uh, with the show is just to share what has worked for people that um, I know or have worked with or have worked for me personally. I'm your host, Corey. Thank you for joining me on the Anxiety Wad Podcast. All right, guys, back again. Episode two of season two. Here we go. I uh, hope you all are doing well. I am doing well myself. My back is finally better. Uh, back when I was a little while ago. It happened while I was sleeping, which is the dumbest thing ever. I may have talked about it last episode, but it is better. And um, I took some time to do a lot of uh, physio as the Europeans would call it, or PT. I went to the chiropractor, but then I also did a bunch of stuff in the gym, uh, like reverse hypers, uh, did a few other things for core, uh, like stability, like planking, and um, some other things that would uh, just kind of stabilize things out. Uh, Do some supermans, um, some dead bug holds, just a variety of things to kind of work that area, try to get things to pop back in. It was weird too. Like I've, I've had a bad back before in the past. Uh, I got injured playing football in college, uh, jumped for a football and kind of got jarred. Like my legs were straight and a guy kind of hit me straight down to the ground and kind of messed up my SI joint for a few weeks. And ever since then, uh, I'd say every once or twice a year, it'll go out and I get cracked up a couple times by the chiro and I'll go back in. This time I was on the other side which was brand new for me. Uh, I could barely shut my damn car door. <laughs> I could barely get in and out of my car door. So, um, yeah, it was interesting this time around. Um, you know, sneezing, laughing, coughing, anything like that was kind of uh, setting me off. So it was uh, definitely a fun one this time around. Uh, being someone that does well with pain now, uh, fortunately, life's kind of shaped me into this pain-tolerant person which is not always a good thing, especially for someone that uh, can easily push themselves farther than they should. Um, This one was was rough, though. It was a a painful, painful experience, but kind of gets me to my point um, of what we're going to talk about in the fitness slash CrossFit space is training injured. I may or may not have talked about this on the show before, but uh, I wanted to relay some things that I've learned over the years training injured and training after surgery, training for surgery, and things that you can do to make sure that you're being smart. Um, last thing we want to do, you know, is is feel better but come back early or come back too hard, come back too uh, explosive, and just set ourselves back. So um, some of the things I wrote down is, is accept your new direction as soon as possible. Uh, focus on the things that you can do rather than what's been taken away from you. This was this was the major shift in mindset for me. Um, it was actually one of the guys in the gym that uh, he we were kind of just going back and forth and ribbing each other. And I was kind of said a like a tongue-in-cheek comment about, yeah, well, I'm not going to be able to do it anyways. And then he kind of looked at me and gave me like a little bit of a harsh truth. He's like, I'm, I'm really tired of you focusing on what you can't do. Why don't you start worrying about what you can do? 
And it was, it's a very simple statement, but like it was direct and it was exactly what I needed to hear at the time. And so that night I went home and started to write down the things that I would be able to do um, prior to uh, getting both my hips replaced. And I, I started focusing on that. And that's really stuck with me anytime I've been injured or anytime I've had to have another surgery is like immediately I'm going to accept my new direction. I can't change it. I can't just boom, uh, um, not injured. You know, there's no magic wand. There's no, um, there's no magic pill. There's a pill that can help with pain. But if you, the sooner you can accept your new direction, the better off you're going to be mentally. There's, there's nothing worse than just, um, wishing for change or wishing for your old life back or hoping that um, things go back to normal. It's a lot of wasted time. And, you know, on the other side of the podcast is the anxiety side. And we know that we waste a lot of time about worrying for things that probably aren't going to happen. So when you get injured, focusing on that new direction is going to give you something to hope for. It's going to give you something to chase uh, if you start focusing on what you can do. And some of the things you can do is research the positive aspects of an injury, okay? You're going to find all kinds of horror stories on the internet, and that's because people don't go online and write about, hey, my back went out when I was sleeping. The next day, it was fine. They're going to go in there and tell you that my back went out when I was sleeping, and exactly what I was telling you guys in the first part of the episode, that's what you're going to find online. Now, what you want to do is go on medical journals, go on physical therapy sites, go on occupational therapy sites, depending upon what you got going on, and research the journals that are printed in those areas. Research the medical information versus um, secondhand or firsthand patient experience. Now, if you find the right person, it's good to get patient experience. But like for my hips, I was the youngest person in there by like 20 years. So going to ask some old duffer what it was going to be like is completely different for me, right? I was 20 years younger than everybody. I can't relate to what the hell they were talking about anyways. Now, I, I mean, I, I'll talk to them, but like, I'm not going to go in there and be like, so what did you do to get back to doing CrossFit? So, um, for me, I, I had a really hard time finding information. And so I kind of made my own game plan, but I also pulled a group of physical therapists and got some information on how I could get back to squatting. And every single one of them cautioned me, which is part of their job or their oath or whatever the hell you call it. But, uh, they cautioned me on, on going too fast. And that was kind of the, um, the overarching theme of, of anything was just to not go too fast. But, um, they also gave me a list of exercises that gave me a, a mindset to look at. And they, um, they reminded me that it was, for me, it was surgery, but I've been injured numerous times too, that an injury or surgery is not a death sentence. It's just a new path. And if we can shift our mindset into looking at a new path, there's unlimited things we can do. And I was looking at a death sentence, uh, being someone that's been active my whole life at 38, knowing that I was going to be, you know, an orthopedic patient and an orthopedic patient 20 years younger than most people that were in the same situation, uh, my mindset was pretty crappy. And this was prior to doing a lot of the work that I've done over the years now and getting everything to click. So this was like the physical side of things. I get really down. Um, I talked about it before where I'm, I'm like body mind connection. If I don't feel good physically, 
I'm really down mentally. So, um, I was in that death sentence mode, and as soon as I started writing down a list of things I could do, I had two pages full of exercises and movements I could sub substitute into CrossFit workouts once I got back. And so, um, yeah, for the mindset, just focus on the new path and the new direction that your life is taking. You can't change it with a you know the wave of a magic wand, but you can do stuff. You can, I promise. Um, the other thing is, if you're injured, don't wait to go in. This is the dumbest thing that I've done <laughs> physically in my life is waited to go in because then things blow up and then you end up having surgery. If you think you are injured, go to a chiropractor, go to a doctor, go to an orthopedic surgeon, go to a neurosurgeon. That's what they're there for. They're there to help you. They're there to help fix you. Now your pride will tell you that you can shrug it off, you know, especially if you're a CrossFitter, you're someone that can you know, work out through pain. That's kind of, we pride ourselves in that. But pride is an evil thing, man. It's going to lead you to bigger injuries. You got a dinged up shoulder, go get it checked out. Make sure it's not your neck. Make sure you don't have some sort of um, fraying tendon before your bicep tendon or your pec tendon like detaches itself. And then you need a major surgery and you're out six months versus two weeks. Getting, getting to the doctor and getting in, like there are recommendations they're going to give you and it's different for each person because injury is subjective, but the guidelines that give you, you need to follow. So don't let your pride make you um, run down a path that you're going to trip up and fall all the way down the hill and be out of exercising for about six months. The other thing is do your PT or your rehab injury, injury uh, excuse me, your PT or your injury pre-maintenance, which for me, like my pre-maintenance was getting myself in shape to have joint replacement obsessively. I, I do some of my hip movements for PT to this day, and it's been four years. So do it obsessively because it's like, think about like you're building this card house, you know, this house build of cars or whatever you call them, a tower. I obviously didn't do it very often because I don't even know what it's called, but that's just because I can't sit still, but like a house of cards. Now, once that falls, to rebuild that, you need to rebuild it carefully. Take your time and set each piece and make sure that it is in the right spot so it can balance. That's the same concept you want to do with physical rehabilitation, with um, you know pre-maintenance. It's probably not even the right word, but that's what I call it for surgery. Um, do it obsessively. Don't miss a day. If you can find time to do it, even if you have to get up a half an hour earlier each day or do it while you're watching TV at night, there is time to do it. We just tend to like fill it with other things. Um, and if, if you don't know exactly what you can do, um, ask people. There are so many medical, and, and just keep asking people until you find someone that's going to give you the information you want right? Like people may be busy and there's, there's definitely, um, doctors and physical therapists out there that are more willing to help you than others. Um, but just keep asking until you find information that you need. You know, there's online forums, there's Facebook, there's social media. I've done Instagram, um, direct messaging all the time for a variety of different things. And, you know, I just keep asking people until somebody writes back, there's information out there. Um, yeah, so accept your new normal. Uh, don't wait. 
and, and in that vein, take time off. It's okay to take time off. You're not going to lose that much. If, I will say this, kind of a segue here. If taking time off from the gym is devastating, you have bigger problems than physical. And not necessarily a terrible problem, but in your mind, being away from the gym is scary enough to be left by yourself. There's some headspace work that you want to do, right? That The gym can be therapeutic, but it should not be your therapy. Each of us has the ability to learn stuff about ourselves and, and get into our mind and, and learn to cope. Um, but we can't rely on these outlets. Um, we have to learn how to deal with certain things. And that's what I'm going to uh, talk about in the second half of the show here. But if the gym is your therapy, just know that there's some other work to do. Okay, there's 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 something else that you're not willing to deal with. Um, being away from the gym is means that you're going to be left with yourself. And if that's terrifying, there's more work to do. I'll, I'll kind of talk about that here in the second part of the show. So, and then finally, do your PT obsessively. Like just be obsessed with, I'm going to do this day in, day out, multiple times a day if I need to. I'm going to add more in. I'm going to take things out if they aggravate it. I'm going to ice. I'm going to do heat, whatever they recommend. I'm going to do compression. And I'm going to do it for the duration that they recommend as well. Okay, we want to get our body back up to where we started, as close as possible to where we started. Now, for me, um, prior to my surgery, I, I had a lot of range of motion issues. I didn't know it was because I had a lot of uh, bone spurs, uh, both on the, um, the head of my femur and then in my hip socket, um, and they would kind of limit my range of motion. So now um, I can squat uh, to a, a, a bigger depth than I could prior to surgery. And they, they warn me all the time about um, uh, squatting again. And I took two years, um, probably two years solid, to just work on squatting without any weight. I think the, the largest amount of weight I ever used was a med ball, so that was like 20 pounds. Um, but what I did is I, I would just decrease um, my um, target. And by target, I mean I used to put a box behind me, and I would just squat down about six inches and go back up. And just start building some of that capacity. Well, once that started to be okay and I was comfortable and, and it didn't hurt, I would switch the box. And then I would go down probably two to four inches at a time, just depending upon how it felt. I would turn the box and then I would put a, a plate on top of it. And I just did that over time, gradually until I got to 90 degrees. And then up until about two years ago, I didn't go past parallel. Um, the first time I did it, I was in the gym and I was doing wall balls. And I was very sore. Um, but what I did is I'm like, okay, I need to go about two inches below parallel. And so I would make myself a target. And I would just tap my butt on that and come back up. And so I, I, I just was obsessive about, okay, let me get back to as close to possible um, prior to this joint replacement. And I take, take your time. Like I took my time. Uh, I, I kind of checked the boxes, if you will, on everything that was safe about it. And now... You know, I, I don't max out hardly ever. Um, <laughs> I might now that the Granite Games um, released their first workout for the spring competition, which is bench. It's a three-rep bench press. And, like, the day that I saw that, I went in and benched. So <laughs> I'm guessing I might max out on bench here just to kind of get a baseline. But, you know, squatting, I could probably squat more now than I, I could prior to um, surgery as well just because I, I, I've done so much um, 
rehab, but also I, I've been doing uh, more of an accessory and functional lifting. If, if you listen to the last episode, um, that's really, um, even now in the last, let's say, month and a half I've been doing it, I just my, I feel more solid, and I, I'm very confident in my ability to squat. So I'd be interested to maybe even try um, one of these days that I do have to squat, um, just to try to see if I can kind of push the envelope a little bit and see what I can lift. So anyways, that's, that's my, um, advice training injured. Take your time, accept your new direction, go see someone to get checked out. Pride is an ugly thing that'll get you hurt even worse. And then once you have a game plan and you're focused on what you can do, do your PT obsessively and your rehab, prehab, whatever you need to do. Rebuild that card house as slowly and carefully as possible. So hopefully that helps. You know, there's, there's, I could go for on and on because I've been injured so much and I've had so many surgeries, but that, that's just the, the exterior shell casing of training injured. Um, the, the one point I wanted to get back to is that therapy piece is that we spend so much trying time, like trying to make things uh, be how we want them to be rather than learning how to deal with things as they are. And, you know, when, when life hits us and, and chaos ensues and um, the emotional roller coaster starts, then it's time to focus on, okay, how do I deal with what's going on? Rather than saying, how do I get back to before this awful thing happened? How do I get rid of this awful thing I'm going through? How do I get rid of my anxiety? How do I get rid of my depression? Versus how can I deal with it right now in this moment to change my thinking into a better light? How can I change uh, myself to adapt to the situation? We spend so much time looking outward. We spend so much time trying to change events, trying to prepare ourselves for the worst, trying to oversee um, and control our environment that we forget that we have the biggest advantage out of anything that can happen in our life. And that's the ability in the moment to tweak our thinking. You know, Man's Search for Meaning, if you've ever read that book by Viktor Frankl, he was in concentration camps for years and years, and he came out and was a, a, a leader in positive thinking. You know, you can make it through that stuff, and you have the ability to, even in the worst environments, you're facing death, you're, you're seeing all your friends just disappear, you're, you're mentoring these people in these concentration camps, and you come out of it. Because you have the ability to tweak your thoughts in the moment and get through hell. And so rather than spending so much time on focusing on getting rid of your anxiety, is try to take a step back and say, what are the things I can do on a daily basis, those small little habits on a daily basis, that just gets me a little bit closer to dealing with this anxiety tomorrow than I was yesterday? The things that you do in a daily basis are what are gonna help you heal. My mind is going so freaking fast right now, I can't even like explain it to you. Like You could probably tell by that last sentence, but like, what are the things that I'm gonna do today that's gonna get me farther away from this anxiety than I was yesterday? You know, we spend so much time on, I wish this was gone, I wish I didn't have to deal with this, I wish or I worry that this will happen. I worry that that will happen. We can't control any of that. 
what we can control is I'm gonna focus on my values I'm gonna focus on my beliefs I am statements I am going to focus on these coping skills my breathing my meditation uh, my thought process how do I tweak thoughts in the moment I'm gonna focus on what do I do to relax I'm gonna focus on reframing my thinking instead of saying I'm gonna do X, Y, or Z, my anxiety is going to be gone right now, right? If we focus on what we can do, the meditation, you know, all that stuff that we do for a daily routine, eventually it's going to be less and less anxiety in your life. You know, we focus on these things. We focus on the bad. We focus on the hurt. We focus on the emotion. We focus on, I wish that person would have done X, Y, or Z. I wish this event wasn't coming up. I wish I didn't have to speak in front of these people. Instead of say, these are the ways I'm going to get through this. You guys, like, people with anxiety are the strongest people I know because I'm one of them. I, I get it now. I didn't get it at the time. I thought I was weak. My pride was hurt. My ego was hurt. I thought I was a terrible person because I couldn't deal with things the way other people could. You're dealing with things like other people can in spite of your anxiety. Right? You're getting through the day-to-day -day parts of your life with this giant fog carrying, like, chasing you around the room. This big 300-pound, I was going to say 300-pound elephant, but that's not a very big elephant. Right? This big 700-pound gorilla chasing you around that many people don't even know about. That's a lot of weight, right? That's a lot of weight to carry. And so my hope for you is that you'll put that weight down and you'll take a step back and say, okay, what can I do today that's going to get me farther along? Now, I can give you things that work for me, but each and every one of us are different. Anxiety is subjective. But it's really not that different. What's going to get you there is figuring out your thought process. Bottom line, your thought process is broken. Just like those cards from the first part of the podcast, they fell, right? Now you got to stack them back up um, very carefully, methodically, balanced out. You haven't always had anxiety. It may feel like it, and it may feel impossible to have a different life, but it is possible. I'm a person that can, to I can attest to that. I never used to leave my apartment for three years straight. I slept with an ice pack over my chest for three years straight. I thought I was going to die every night for three years straight. I wouldn't talk to people. I hid from people. I wouldn't go to family events. I tried to you know, drink myself like brave, really. I tried to numb the pain. I used to do all these weird things to cope, all these compulsions. I would buy things. I would spend money on these stupid things that I didn't even enjoy. I would try all these different roles. I tried to be a, you know, a, a Muay Thai kickboxing fighter and, and all these different roles and they didn't fit me. But when I returned to these little daily habits of investigating myself and see how my, my thoughts worked, how my brain worked, what was important to me, what calmed me down, what brought me peace, what brings me joy, I would make all these lists and I would review them. I didn't know what I was doing. I just would f pick up these things in these books I was reading and try them. And then I would just keep trying them over and over and over and take some out and add some new ones. And eventually it was just like, oh, 
I kind of have a routine going on here. I'm going to add this and I'm going to kind of streamline it and kind of iron things out and made a little daily routine that I would do every morning. And then a little one I would do every night. The morning one's different than the nighttime one because at night is when I really struggled. Like I had a really hard time calming down before bed. And so my nighttime one was the things that would help me relax and the things that would calm my mind. There was a while there I would have a notepad next to my bed that I could just write things down when my mind started racing. You know, if you've ever seen crumping, the dance, you know, crumping, that's what my mind would do before I was trying to go to bed. You know, just stuff like that. My mind would bounce. And so I would write these things down. And then as soon as I would kind of go back to them and be like, no, I wrote it down. I can can read it tomorrow and kind of think through it tomorrow. And so that was my thing on a daily basis to tweak my thoughts. The other thing I would do is I would write down this thought that I was obsessed of. Well, what if I die? What if I die? What if I die? What if I die? And then I wrote next to it, I said, what if you live? What if you live? And then I would scratch out the what if I die? What if you live? What are you going to do with your life? And this is something I, I still ask myself on a daily basis, and many people do. What are you going to do with your life? Are you going to be afraid your whole life? I didn't want to be, and I'm sure you guys don't want to be either. There is another way. It's just we have to convince ourselves that it's possible, and that's the hardest part. And so what we do is we stop ourselves before we even try, like, try to get better. Now, we've tried things many Many times it was, I was looking at external events, external stimulus, external people, external jobs, situations in my life that if, if this, then I would be brave. If this happens, then if this, if that, if this, then, but it's done like right now, right now you can stop yourself from worrying. If you're determined enough and consistent enough. What's the favorite thing I always say? Consistent effort over time. You can apply that to any aspect of your life and it works. You know, since I'm working with my coach, I weighed in last week and I'm down 20 pounds just by being consistent. There was no magic formula. I have someone that I'm accountable to. That, that worked for me with nutrition. I didn't have that for my anxiety. I went and saw people that gave me more information. But consistency continuously gaining information about myself, gaining information from books, genuinely focusing on what I allow into my brain. That's an important one. Um, recently, I, I, I'm trying to get my head out of politics. I, for some reason, I never, ever was into politics, but like I got captivated by it. And I'm not going to like tell you which side of the aisle I'm on. It doesn't matter. But it's just so much crap that I needed to detox, and so I took it out. And so it's constantly tweaking the dials. It was a negative headspace for me, and it was just like, you know, there's there's too much other stuff in your life. Like I'm, you know, like I'm a dad. I got to try to be a good parent. That's stressful. Sometimes you don't know what the hell you're doing. Most of the time, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You know, I hope that my kids wake up one day and they're in their own place with their kids and be like, man, my parents did a good job. (laughs) That's, you know, like, that's what my hope is. 
And so like these things that, that I do on a daily basis is just try to kind of move the dial. And, and I've talked about the continuum, you know, way on the right is happiness in the middle is contentment on the left is sadness. And what I tried to do on a daily basis when I was healing is try to tick over to the right side towards happiness. And I looked at each day I would check off that box of this little ritual I did. It would get me closer to happiness. Because if you're between contentment and sadness, if something bad happens, there's only one place to go. And that's, you know, on the negative headspace. And so each day that you check these boxes on working on tweaking your thinking, um, increasing your positive mindset, increasing um, your health. Like nutrition is a huge part of anxiety. If you're eating garbage, you're going to feel like garbage. And people with anxiety, you tune into your physical symptoms. You're, you're some of the first and foremost people that I ask what you eat when I start working with you. Like just to make sure that you're eating correctly because if you're eating crap, that means your gut is inflamed. And if your gut is inflamed, the rest of your body is going to be inflamed and you have tons of physical symptoms. What are you eating consistently? And so there's all these different things that you can do, focusing on what you can do, focusing on the here and now, the daily little habits to get you to a point that all of a sudden you're going to wake up and be like, crap, maybe I'll try going to see the whales. And the reason I say that, and I'm laughing right now because I, I got nervous, but I'm claustrophobic. I'm extremely claustrophobic. I have to, we're going to Hawaii here, um, February 1st and flying has gotten better and, um, I don't have to take as much medication. I just went on a trip to San Francisco for work, made it through it. Um, kind of easy. Actually, it was a little unnerving because I wasn't really even that worried. Um, and I'm like, well, next time is going to be Hawaii. It's a longer flight. And, you know, I'll have my, my sweetheart next to me and she's going to help me out, but I'm not really worried about the flight. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll get on that damn boat out in the ocean between the two islands and watch the humpback whales. Like I'm considering that stuff now. It's just, which is weird to me because it would never happen in a million years. And you would think, okay, you're on a boat, you have an out, but like for some reason, boats make me claustrophobic. Like I'll never be on a cruise. You'll never see me on a cruise awake anyways. <laughs> if I'm on a cruise, it's, I'm sleeping the whole time or like, yeah, no, I don't drink anymore. So I wouldn't be drunk the whole time, but like it would, I don't even know that I, that's not in the stars right now. It might be down the road, but man, that'd be some, a crazy turn of events. And so for my, my hope for you, okay, we'll kind of, kind of wrap this up here is that spend more time focusing on how to deal with things no matter what they are when they happen and you're going to be better off right scary sad happy joyous the whole color uh, scheme of the rainbow color hue of the rainbow what happens is irrelevant how we react to them is the important thing and so focus on learning to react no matter what happens to you in life. And you're going to be closer to where you want to be. You're going to have less anxiety. You're going to have more happiness, more joy, and more of those things that you really want in your life anyways. It's up to you. I know we can figure this out. So keep coming back, guys. I promise you we can figure this out. Have a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening.
We'll see you later.